Good evening, folks. Clocks are back, and so are we. This is episode <laughs> 28 of Two Minutes for Chatting, and I, I came up with that introduction a whole one minute ago. Happens to be the, the best intro that we've ever had, probably. Uh, yeah, it's not bad. Um, I had something about the the dark nights closing in and stuff, and it was just getting a bit complicated, so I went with that one, um, and, and it worked well. But anyway, uh, how's it going? Yeah, I'm good. And yourself? Smashing. Um, That's good. Good to hear. Always good. Uh, we've just got the one clan game to cover this week. Uh, so once we do that and a bit of a look around the rest of the league, uh, we thought we'd um, cover go back to covering some football stuff and then uh, maybe see if we can squeeze in a wee critical mode at the end. Everyone's favourite. Yeah. So everyone will be holding on for that. But uh, I guess just starting with the hockey then, it was uh, we were the the second opponent of three for a Scottish road trip for our old friends, Milton Keynes, or Milton as we like to call them. You were there at the game, I wasn't. It finished 6-4. Uh, so do you want to kind of talk us through briefly how that one came about? Aye. Um... <laughs> Yeah, six four, first period, um, Clan outshot Lightning eighteen to five, and we're also up four 0 within the space of eight minutes. And at that point, it could literally have been a cricket score. Um, it's always a phrase that's sort of banded about that. Um, more and more to do with, with football, but on this occasion, it could literally have been a cricket score. Yeah. Now four nil, you you're thinking, you know, what what could it end up? Um, Clan were absolutely cruising at the time. Lightning, I think they took a time out after the second goal, just to uh, I don't really know, so uh, regroup and refocus, but didn't work. Uh, and then after the fourth went in, um, it was uh, Patrick Clean was the was the man to go. Um, swapped out, faced twelve shots in that first eight minutes, conceded four, not great. Adam Goss came in. Uh, as I say, after eight minutes, and seemed to make a difference. Um, although to be fair, I don't know. A lot of the goals were were really good from from Clan's point of view. Um, I don't really think you could you could blame Killeen too much. Um, but you know, they made the change, and it, it did seem to help them. And I think sort of from from there on out, after that, the game was um, fairly even overall. Um, you'd maybe even say that that Lightning got the better of the rest of the game so it was just as well that Clan started the way they did so the first first goal came about four and a half minutes into the first period uh, through Craig Beacock just a really sort of, a good sort of well-rounded uh, well-rounded goal Brendan Connolly get the first of his double um, 12 seconds later just absolutely unbelievable just as soon as the puck dropped just basically just kind of rushed through and um, before before we knew it, it was 2-0. Conley second and, and Clan's third came about three minutes after that. And it was a, it was a lovely, uh, wonderful sort of solo effort uh, from Conley. Um, starting out sort of behind the, behind the nets, taking it out, sort of dribbling it past about three or four Lightning players. Rounded Killeen and uh, slotted it home. It was a, a really, really nice finish. And then the, the fourth one, Came just after eight minutes. Uh, I think it was a, a, a shot from the blue line from Stanish and uh, Stubgast sort of got a touch on it on the way through um, to divert it past Killing. So, and you know, all of those goals were all even strength goals as well. So, you know, Lightning just didn't seem to really turn up in, in that first period or the, the sort of first eight minutes anyway. Yeah, no, I said actually that I didn't see it, but that kind of brings me on to. Another point, and that is that uh, the highlights, or a decent length highlights video, is actually back. <laughs> uh, so, so I, yeah, I know. About time. So I, I caught that earlier. And I think, yeah, only one of the goals, um, Colleen kind of made a save and then went to play it out with his stick and it went straight to Connolly. So maybe we only want that one back. Yeah, yeah a really fast start. And I think once you get 4-0 up in a team, it's unlikely that they're going to come back. But I guess 
uh, in that second period, they kind of looked as though they they'd gathered some momentum and started doing that. Yeah, they did. Um, they kind of upped their game a wee bit. I think uh, you know a, a couple of their players um, seemed to finish more checks and stuff, and um, like seemed to upset a couple of our players and maybe got under their skin a wee bit and started taking penalties a bit more in that second period. Um, so I think Scott Pitt took a, a high stick uh, penalty at the start of the second, and then Lightning got their, their first goal on that power play from that. So uh, that you know sort of gave them a a route back in. Second goal was an even strength goal. Um, Clay Anderson in the finish, sort of halfway through that second period. So you you know you're thinking this is going to be like this is going to be like the Dundee game. Yeah, yeah, uh, classic. All over again. Or even the commentary game as well. So, but you know, credit to Clan. I think they sort of held them. They held them to to four two and sort of managed to see out the second period. Albeit again, sort of taking a few more penalties. Although I will say that uh, sort of towards the end of the second period, um, Eric Neely was sort of dropped the gloves and uh, was wanting to have a wee scrap with Sully. But you know, both of them get five minutes for. For fighting, but there was absolutely no way. There was no chance in hell. Sully got five minutes for fighting. Yeah, he did. That. Did he, right? Uh, that's what I mean. It was just totally baffling. I couldn't believe that Sully got a five minute penalty for that. Yeah, the, there was something. I think they maybe showed a clip of it in the highlights, and there was also an incident where Fitzy was chasing, I think it was Martin Mazinek after he had made a hit on Howlett. He was sort of <laughs> chasing him round for ages, and he just wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't biting at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so there was that. There was that fight. I think Gratton got two minute roughing call as well. Uh, amongst all that, so as usual, you know, it's uh, lightning players that instigates it, but they end up on the power play. You know, apart from that, one or two other penalties uh, in the third, but um, managed to keep our discipline. Um, but yeah, as you say, um, sort of Martin Mazinek and I think Clay Anderson were. Where the the two lightning players that uh, tried to get under the skin a wee bit, and um, well, they did manage to do that for a wee bit. I think it was good that the clan managed to keep their discipline overall. Yeah, and um, just looking there and seeing from the highlights, uh, a third third goal for Conley, so a, a hat trick on the night. He's really starting to show that kind of form that he had from last year with Belfast. He's now top in terms of goals scored in the league, 10 goals from 11 games um, yeah. albeit not as many assists as, as some other guys but uh, he's clearly going to be I think our go-to guy for that at the moment uh, this year, given that maybe Becca and Pitt aren't quite hitting the heights that we thought Yeah, I know, uh, it was a bit strange um, Connolly was Connor was absolutely fantastic for the for the full game, just constantly and about it. Um, I was actually getting a bit not not annoyed, just uh, just on, on a few occasions I felt like um, Becca and, and Pitt in particular seemed to notice they were just they kind of gave the, the puck away quite a bit. Um, but then you look at the you know you look at the box score and you see that that Becca's um, ended up with three assists on the night as well. So. You know, you're you're sat. You're not one to be too critical, but I just feel that um, you know Becca and, and Pitt obviously they've they've set the high standards themselves in previous seasons. So you know, I think they're both kind of struggling a wee bit um, to keep up with that. But it is good to see. You know, you've got Peacock and obviously goals again. Um, Stupka getting a goal, so that was nice to see. And we Razi Bierum. Yep. As well. Uh, power play so, goal I see that was yeah yeah. right was, at the start of the third right was that penalty carried over from the end of the second period yeah, uh-huh. right, yeah. so it was probably oh no sorry it was just about halfway through that penalty yeah I mean nine uh, seconds in that's quick yeah G- given that, um, that they're kind of at 4-2 and you think if they get the next goal that's kind of squeaky bum time I guess yeah I know and you know the Clan did come out and sort of went at him again in the third and, and got that early goal to 
sort of settling nerves, but it only lasted about a minute before Tim Wallace uh, reduced the deficit again. So you thought maybe the third was going to be like the first, but again, credit to Milton Keynes, you know, they, they hung in there for, for the full game. But, you know, I think Clan just did enough overall to, to get the points in the end. Yeah. Well, I mean, from the, the 4 0 position, you're thinking that it might be quite comfortable. So I, I guess, yeah. In the end, you, you take the points, given that it got it got fairly close. Um, yeah. Although conceding four goals is is not exactly ideal, but their their star man was uh, Robbie Bailarjon, I think, maybe or something close to how you pronounce it. Uh, by large, by large, you're right. Yeah, a new signing, still yep. fairly young, twenty four. He was drafted by Ottawa. But I mean that's two goals and an assist in his first three games. That's uh, it's a good start for him. Did you did you happen to notice anything about him other than the two goals? Uh, not particularly. I think you know he's always had a good game there. I think one of his goals, you know, I I think actually a couple of the lightning goals there was there was possible uh, sort of goalie interference maybe. But I think you know. Again, I haven't, I haven't watched the highlights again. You can see that the puck's already in the back of the net both times. Um, but I think, you know, Lightning did start to do that later on in the game. Um, uh, they sort of were sort of chasing the puck down and kind of crashed in the net almost at times. But obviously unsettled run for a wee bit, particularly in the third period, you know. Um, they, they only get eight shots to our nine, but um, again, it was two goals apiece. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's one of those that you just kind of chalk down is take the points. Um, our only game of the weekend, so I'd have expected guys to kind of go out and give everything for for that game, and obviously yeah. it's their second game out of three. So we'll take it and move on. Um, is there any, anything else you want to bring up about that game specifically? Try to think now. The the clam clap <laughs> thing. <laughs> At the, at the end of the game uh-huh. actually it, it seemed a bit better this week but I don't know if it was just that there was more fans getting involved with it so, so right. it made it a bit better right it could just have been where I was sitting as well but I don't know yeah and um, if everyone else thought the same but I don't actually mind it it's okay yeah well if people get involved with it then fair enough I think it's just if they're all standing there and nobody else is kind of involved you're thinking <laughs> yeah uh, right that's a wee bit strange kind of thing but yeah, no, definitely. But um, that overall, you know, it, it was good to get the, the two points in the end, albeit, um, you know, conceding four goals to uh, to Milton is not not the best. Um, you know, it's it is two points as well as and uh, maximum points. So moving, we move on. Yeah, I mean they're kind of languishing now at the bottom of the table after the weekend's results, but um, I think. You know they're they're not pushovers as some teams have been in the past, um, and once they get a number of players back, I think you look back on chances to beat them like that and take them while they're short benched and things. So can't really I complain. They actually had, I would say, pretty pretty much close to full, close to a full strength roster. Um, but it seemed to look like that anyway. Just from I'm not sure who else they've got out injured, but right. They looked pretty full on Saturday, anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, we, as if we start to look over the weekend, then they they've lost all three games up in Scotland. It just shows kind of how tough it is. But it, specifically on the Friday, they took Dundee to overtime, four uh, three. Huh. Eventually, Dundee win it, and before before obviously that goal, you thought taking Dundee to overtime. There's only one way. <laughs> this game's gonna go so, um, to be fair, a point, a point to start off with was fairly positive for them. But I think with Dundee's recent format, I kind of expected Milton Keynes to get two there. Yeah, especially you know, as as you say, when when you go to extra, um, <laughs> extra time, fucking hell, overtime, you know, you you were kind of expecting uh, Dundee to go down at that point. Um, but you know, it's. it's Again, it's a credit to Pasha and, and the and the team there. Um, they've had a lot of games that have gone the opposite way, so that'll give them a bit of confidence now. Maybe um, going forward again, the, the 
came from 2-0 down as well, I think. Um, yes, yeah, that's right, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, it's the it's, uh, the old Sheffield boys, uh, Tim Wallace, Eric Neely, Cole Shudrit to, to an extent, they're sort of amongst the goals and stuff for them just now, yeah. along with the new guy. So, you know, it, it can all change, and we've seen it before, but it's, it's not looking good for them just now. But as, a, as we know, it, it's, a, it's a tough... A tough weekend that three and three. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, um, Dundee's only game of the weekend as well, so they're going to come out flying. And obviously, you never think that a team's trying to conserve energy, but when you've got three and three, I think you maybe start to change uh, tactically to play a bit more kind of sensibly yeah. and stuff. But as what it is, the other games on Saturday then, Belfast winning in overtime. Against Manchester, I think this is the start of Belfast's kind of long away spell like we've got. They've got the same kind of thing. Manchester at the moment as well, struggling, getting the point there. But uh, Belfast, that's always a tough place to go. And Belfast, I think, I believe had quite a few injuries as well, so we're short bench. So given they won that game and then went on to win in overtime in Nottingham, that was a... Really good weekend for them. Yeah, definitely, without a doubt. Um, just having a look at the, the, the shot count, Belfast had 50, 56 shots in that game. That's unbelievable, isn't it? 21 in the second period. That is incredible. So Mr. <laughs> Mr. Jin was busy then? <laughs> yeah, definitely. There was a, lot of, there's a, a hell of a lot of um, penalties in that game as well, actually, just having a look at it. Oh, that's un- <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, I just have for any day I didn't know what that noise was. I've just opened the box score as well. Uh, yeah. And it's you know you're scrolling you're scrolling past the page there to see to see that. Yeah, there's a full page length worth in the in the first period. Penalties for Dane Byers, Kieran Long, Curtis Leonard, Dallas Earhart, Blair Riley, all sort of boarding fighting. Instigator penalties and uh, even Finnery got, got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty in the end of that period as well. I think um, I'm not claiming to be a mystic Meg, but I'm sure a few weeks ago I brought up uh, Byers and Backer being a couple <laughs> interesting characters. So the 10 yep. minute misconduct for Byers, obviously, not happy with that, that boarding call. And then mm. game misconduct for Kieran Long, who I don't know, I wouldn't really associate him being that kind of guy, but the amount of fighting penalties there is unbelievable. Nah, it looks that. like from the times there, it looks like there was a a massive brawl at the end of the second period. Yeah, it seems to be. Or is it, well, it, it looks that as yeah. well, but yeah, Shane Backer involved there, Kendall McFall at the end of that second period, and then third period it's just completely evaporated by that point, but yeah. Um, Look forward to the highlights in that one. Yeah, I was going to say that would be that would be an interesting one to see for sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously we know Manchester are quite physical, especially at home. But maybe resorted to some of that since their recent results haven't gone uh, too well, and that kind of continued on Sunday. I guess sticking with them, uh, they were beaten quite comprehensively four 0 by Guildford, who themselves had. A great weekend, we'll go on to that result in the Challenge Cup, but uh, two defeats for Manchester, they're uh, just finding ways to lose just now, not not playing so well. No, definitely not. Even in that game, Guildford had 47 shots, so um, defensively there's huge question marks for Manchester at the moment. You know, But again, even looking at that game, Jesus Christ, man, <laughs> there were a fucking penalties in that game as well. Unbelievable. Let's have a wee, a wee look in there. Interestingly, um, obviously Brendan Brooks, we hadn't discussed that, but moved from Sheffield to Manchester this week. I didn't see his name no, he's not involved there. in any of the penalties over the weekend. And we know he's the kind of guy that uh, can get involved in that stuff. Yeah, yeah, he has done it in the past. Um, he will stick up for himself and his, his teammates when called upon. But I think you know he's he's not involved there. Um, Obviously, guys like Mike Allen not involved either. It's just a, well, I was going to say your usual guys, but 
guess I guess it is kind of um, Shane Backer again involved. Um, yeah. Dan Dan Byers like kept himself out of that a wee bit. <laughs> yeah, but like uh, you're looking at game misconduct for Earhart, third man in, uh, Harrison Ruop as well. So Lee, yeah. well Declan Balmer leaving players bench so I don't know yeah, they've obviously just yeah. completely lost it Manchester yeah. at the weekend by the looks of it um, Harrison Rip unsportsmanlike conduct uh, game misconduct penalty Dallas Earhart even Matt Ginn got a, a two minute roughing penalty as well I don't think I'd, I hadn't quite appreciated that their games were like that over the weekend so um yeah, that, interesting. That'll be that'll be good to, to see the highlights in both of those. But yeah, certainly struggling a wee bit at the moment, given how good they were last year. Yeah. I mean I would I wouldn't say that, you know, losing Pitt and Becca would would cause the form to drop that much, but it's obviously all these uh, wee things and the, the poor start are contributing to to where they are at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, as as we spoke about as well, defensively, uh, not playing well. But it's, that's up to to Finnerty now to to try and rectify that. Um, sad issues with that um, when he was with at Clan as well. So who knows what will happen there? But you can't just have guys just sort of wandering about, <laughs> wandering about the ice like Rosehill last year and just uh, dropping the gloves at any any given thing. Yeah, I wonder if Finnerty broke a stick and threw it on the ice. We'll, we'll wait and see. Uh, wait and see the result of that. But um, if, if that's the case, then which which coach next weekend's going to do that? <laughs> one every week, guaranteed. One every week. <laughs> you, I mean, I see. Sometimes you see Pete Russell get quite animated, but you don't see him as the kind of stick breaking guy. Nah. Uh, Try and who else would actually do that? Maybe Danny Stewart. Maybe Danny like Stewart. Kind of- yeah. New Sheffield coach is, is completely not that kind of guy, I don't think. He seems quite relaxed. Yeah, yeah. Don't see Paul Dixon doing it. Pasha threw that bottle on the ice one time, but I'm sure that was when he was a player. He does obviously yeah, get quite I frustrated. <laughs> Maybe he would do it, but... Nah, Paul Dixon, I agree, not really. Milton Keynes, Doug Mackay, I think his name is. Don't really yeah, see him doing it either. Nah. Lordy, nah. Nah, not him either. Oh well. Just Finnerty then, who knows. Um, on the the point about breaking sticks then, Nottingham, who I guess did start so promising this season, have struggled a bit recently and they lost, uh, I guess, uh, Sheffield who were strengthened by the return of Ben O'Connor. Yeah, that was an, that was an interesting uh, re-signing as well during the week. Um, so I think he'd, he played his last game in Sweden and then I think he left right after it to go to the airport. Yeah, I think that was the story. But you know, they'll be they'll be glad to have him back because he knows knows the club inside and out and sort of what's expected. And maybe he'll get that out of the players. Um, so like you know, in in that game as well, <laughs> third period in particular stood out for me. Um, you know, Sheffield out shooting Nottingham fifteen to three. That's totally one sided. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously starting to pick up slightly their performance at Sheffield. Uh, yeah, I don't think. Well, I don't think the fans would have would have kept it going for for too much longer. I think no, they, I agree. Um, obviously, wanting want some change there. Um, looking at, looking at the the league website for the um, maybe the stuff man of the match first star second star kind of thing. Yeah, the first star for that one just says new player. <laughs> I think it was actually O'Connor that got it, but maybe he's not. He's not in in time uh, to get himself up there. I don't um, know if they just if they'd signed someone called a new player. He was drafted first round. This guy, new <laughs> new player. Interesting. Must be good. Yeah, obviously O'Connor in, and then uh, we touched on it a bit earlier. Brooks who. I think the situation was it was maybe a, a temporary contract they had, um, right. but he moved on to Manchester, so that's him starting to find his way around quite a lot of clubs in the league. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I was kind of surprised there, but I saw that they'd also released Chris Lawrence, which is even less surprising. Yeah, 
Yeah, that, that whole signing didn't make any sense at all during the summer. I think we, we spoke we spoke about that then as well. Just didn't really understand it. It's not the, the type of player that, that Sheffield would normally go for. Didn't really see a fit for him. And obviously it's, it's not worked out, so um, they've cut ties with him. Yeah, and Brooks, do you think that's a good signing for Manchester? I guess I guess we know what he can do, really. Uh, yeah, and I don't know. It kind of remains to be seen, really. Um, I know he was at he was at Sheffield for what was it less than a couple of months or something like that, and wasn't really in all that involved uh, then. I don't know how many games he played, but I think he only got one point. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he adapts to the, the smaller rink and stuff because obviously his speed is quite a a big asset yeah. so how that works out um, there is yet to be seen but he obviously knows what Finnerty's about and vice versa so um, he'll be wanting to get in that uh, GB team for the, the World Championships so it's not a surprise that he did sign somewhere. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Last game on Saturday was uh, a bit of a surprise defeat for Fife at home, albeit in a shootout they lost to Coventry, who you've been quite impressed by recently. Definitely, yeah. Well, particularly the, the recent game against Clam, I thought Coventry looked really good. Um, I think this one was, it seemed fairly even uh, overall. I think Coventry got the better start. Got a power play goal 14 minutes in. And uh, that man, Nicky Forrick, Again involved, um, you know, and I think uh, so. So from then, it was it was fairly even. I think for for the rest of the game, so it could probably have went either way uh, in the end. And, and obviously, Coventry Coventry win it in the in the shootout. Yeah, uh, saw with Fife that they also signed. I think it's market. Well, okay, this is a confusing thing. So Manchester released. Bazara when they signed Brooks. I think it might be Marcus. I'm just kind of yeah, trying to remember this. Yeah. But they also yeah. have a guy called Joe Basaraba, which is just unbelievably similar, <laughs> other than lacking a few Bs. But I saw he, the new guy, got a goal on uh, Sunday, but obviously just didn't really work out from at Manchester. But in that that Fife game itself, you had the the Crowder brothers playing against each other. Oh yeah. So they love wanted to get one up there, but um, I think great result for Coventry because I don't really see many teams going into Fife, uh, and uh, and getting two points to be honest. No, definitely not. Um, you know, it, it was probably it was probably quite surprising to tell a lot of people in the league that that was the result in the end, but. Coventry have, you know, they've started really well as as well as Fife, so I feel like that was a a more even uh, match than what it seemed on on paper. But you know, Fife came back on the Sunday night and I think they're sitting top of the table now. They are, yeah, joint top with I think three other teams. Uh, although Milton took the lead in in that Sunday game, um, so Fife maybe not firing on all cylinders like they were. Uh, the past few few games but still getting those wins and I guess however they come it you'll take them but yeah looking looking good at the moment it's just remains to be seen can they can they keep it up kind of thing they are going strongly now I don't know what their uh, what their fixtures are like coming up but you know if they if they manage to maintain uh, this sort of form over the over the season then they'll you know they'll definitely be Challenging Cardiff, maybe even for the for the league. It's obviously very early days to be talking about that, but um, yeah, they have, they have sort of found that consistency early on. Yeah, I don't want to think about Fife challenging for the league, to be honest, but <laughs> <laughs> it might happen. So fair play. the The only other game, just a league game to cover on Sunday, was uh, Belfast winning in Nottingham in overtime. And we'd said obviously Belfast two good overtime wins, but Nottingham really struggling at the moment after that start. I don't, I don't really know what it is. Obviously, when we played them, they looked quite ordinary, but um, you know that they have actually got quality in there. So it's yeah. just one of those things that they seem to 
go through really bad patches that the likes of Cardiff and stuff don't really hit. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, I can't really put my my finger on it. Really, what's sort of been going on there? Yeah, they did sort of. They started well this season, and um, you know it's just kind of progressively getting worse uh, from there. I think all all four goals in regulation time in that game were all power play goals as well. So I think we'd said that about about Belfast when we played them that their, their power plays has been really good uh, and. They're obviously sort of continuing that there, but um, yeah, if, I don't know. For another team, it's a bit strange. It's not we're not really used to seeing this from not not so much from from Nottingham, but um, but Sheffield as well. Both both of those teams are not hitting the heights so far anyway. Yeah, I'm not going to complain really either. It's good to see the no. the parity in the league. Cardiff themselves were involved in two Challenge Cup games um, at the weekend. They they won four nil on on Sunday in Coventry and what was a kind of meaningless game I think but the the more impressive a, incident a deep rubber. yes indeed uh, the more impressive result I guess you could say was on Saturday when Guildford I believe were the first first team to go into Cardiff and take if not any points to to get the win so five three in the end they won and that was a a brilliant result for them. I think they even needed it to kind of, you know, increase their chance of going through in the Challenge Cup. Right. Aye. Well, you know, it's an incredible, incredible result, actually. Especially, as you say, going into Cardiff and, and managing to get that. Especially going 3 going 0 up as well. You're always kind of a bit wary that, you know, Cardiff are one of those teams that can sort of click into here at, at any given time. But um, Guildford managed to. To keep with them for the rest of the game at that point, so no, definitely it was um, right a couple couple of power play goals earlier on. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, um, they've got a really good power play, some really dangerous players, Guildford. So um, I think yeah. it's not really any secret, but um, yeah, I mean to to get that win is is great for them, and not so much brings Cardiff, you know, down a peg. I don't think it's that kind of thing, but just potentially a wake up call that. You know everything's maybe not going to go exactly their way, and I think the result on Sunday showed that maybe there were some some harsh words, but albeit that game was uh, kind of meaningless. I think both backup goalies played and stuff, but yeah, it's, it it makes it interesting going into the game midweek uh, when we when we play Cardiff. Yeah, <laughs> not looking forward to that. I say. Yeah, uh, so I I guess just. Just to look ahead then, um, if there's not anything else to pick up from, from the weekend. No, I'll just say it'll be interesting to see if uh, if there's been any sort of dops stuff relating to the, both Manchester games at the weekend. So. Yeah, can't wait for that. <laughs> I think whoever's playing Manchester next, maybe we'll be looking forward to, to seeing that outcome, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> They're okay. playing against about five players. <laughs> exactly, one line. <laughs> so yeah, two two games in the league on Wednesday. The first one uh, we play against Cardiff, and that's other than probably playing in Cardiff, going to be the the toughest game on paper uh, of the season. Yeah, definitely. Not really, not really holding my breath there getting the result, but I'll be. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I don't think I'll be going to the game. Will you, will you be going to the game? I might well be. We'll find out. I'll find out probably tomorrow. Um, but we we have in the past run Cardiff close at home. I think we've talked before about a, a certain Teddy Toss game where there there were no goals. <laughs> but you know just the the quality they've got. I, I think they're probably, you know, not probably they're strong favourites. Um, but I think if we could somehow manage to even get a point out of that, it'd be great. Yeah, definitely. As long as you're sat. I think the main thing is just to be able to compete with Cardiff. I don't actually know are they having like a are they having like a Halloween jersey thing because they normally do that. Yeah, I think really, so. Yeah, I've not heard anything about it. Have you? I think I've seen a couple of tweets about it. Yeah, right, okay. There's a weird photoshopped picture of Josh Granton. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say not that I need to, <laughs> to photoshop much there, but 
he's been doing so well for us, so that that's a bit of a harsh comment. Um, but no, I'm sure they'll they'll have something there. But yeah, I mean, the only thing maybe that can potentially go in our favour is that it's a midweek game and they'll be travelling up probably on the Wednesday. I wouldn't expect there to be many Cardiff fans there. Maybe the maybe a kind of quiet atmosphere will work in our favour if it's like a behind closed doors game. <laughs> maybe, well, I mean, we'll see because I think this was the game that was supposed to be on uh, free sports as well. Yeah. Um, and obviously we don't offer a webcast, so, you know, if, I'll be amazed if there'll be, if there'll be many Cardiff fans there, if, if any at all. Yeah, the midweek factor, but, would have been a good, would have been a good one, I think, to, to have on TV, but, in the end, yeah, so, I'm going to predict, predict a Cardiff win for that one, but, um, you never know, we, we do some strange things. Yeah, I think, like, if we if we play to our to our best for sixty minutes, I think we you know we can compete and possibly take something from that game. But you know, just seeing most of our games uh, so far this season, you know, it doesn't look as if we can actually play for sixty minutes. It seems to be the odd period that you know the sort of levels go down a wee bit and maybe concentration as well. But so yeah, it's going to be really difficult. So I'm going to. I'm going to take Cardiff, obviously. I mean, as I've said, every game. Yeah, yeah, you have to stick to it. <laughs> I do. The the game that then is on TV, I believe, is Sheffield against Coventry, and that for me is well, it's not that obvious a state that uh, mad a statement, but I think it's going to be quite close. Uh, but Sheffield's recent kind of. Starting to pick up form a wee bit. They're probably slight favourites for me. I would, I would disagree. I'm okay. gonna go. I'm gonna go pick. Uh, go with Coventry. Um, okay. Just the way they've been playing uh, overall recently, you know, they've got, they're set into a rhythm now, whereas I think Sheffield are still yeah, to find that possibly. So, yeah, I mean, obviously it remains to be seen, but yeah, just um, Sheffield at home and stuff. Eh? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Friday night, Belfast start the first of their three-game weekend by going up to Fife. That'll be a, a good game, I think. Fife winning, but maybe not, not as convincing performance-wise. Um, and Belfast seem to be knowing how to win at the moment, so I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going to go, let's go for Belfast in that one. Although it depends what, what their injury situation is. I think it got worse on Sunday. They only had, like, Eight forwards and four D apparently. So, uh, oh, really? you you won't be want want to go into three and three with that kind of squad. <laughs> nah, definitely not. Um, yeah, but um, Belfast have already done it. Um, you know, so coming over, playing sort of tough away games, um, and managing to take points from it. So, um, I'm going to pick Belfast as well. Um, it's about time Fife so go off their wee perch. <laughs> Get after your wee perch, pal. Get after your wee fucking perch. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Let's let's see. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed for a Belfast one. Yep. Um, quickly running through Saturday then. Uh, Milton Keynes oh. against Guildford. Well, sorry. Did they go uh, Nottingham Manchester on Friday? Oh, Cup. Oh, is that Cup? Sorry, yep. my bad. Challenge Cup. Well, I guess we might as well because it is in chronological order so it's only right. Uh, but I did see something today that about the Challenge Cup that was anything other than a Milton Keynes regulation victory and we managed to sneak through, I think. Uh, right, okay. Milton Keynes okay. on the Sunday, they're playing at Guildford, so a bit of a... So we, so we might actually get through, incredibly. Yeah, that'd be, that would be incredible, but you never know, get get a chance to, to play somebody over two legs, so... yeah. Finally getting through, if that is the case, and maybe Becca's penalty shot goal was more important than than people thought. But um, mm. yeah, so Nottingham Manchester. I don't know what the group situation is. I wouldn't pretend to know either. So uh, I just took it as a as a one off game. I think uh, Nottingham have got to be favourites there. I'm taking Nottingham as well, purely on the basis that Manchester will be without three quarters there. <laughs> <laughs> squad yeah 
due to penalties and uh, suspensions. So yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, <laughs> just the 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 Milton Keynes Guildford. Oh, it's actually at Guildford on Sunday then. Uh, to put us through, if that is the case, I think um, Guildford <laughs> laughing because Milton Keynes will probably win regulation. <laughs> Guildford, I've got to be strong favourites for that. Yeah, definitely. At home as well. Um, I don't know if it means anything to them, but um, whether they win or not, so yeah. that that could possibly be a factor. But I think I think Paul Dixon's got them got them working well down there. So I think they'll be um, obviously wanting to sort of maintain their good uh, home record. Yep, they play um, a kind of back to back. Uh, weekend with Milton Keynes they're in Milton Keynes on Saturday in the league that one potentially a wee bit closer given that uh, Milton Keynes are, are at home but I think uh, Guildford still for me are, are going to come through that one yeah Guildford for me as well um, again obviously just the, the sort of situation that the Milton Keynes are in there now um, struggling to pick up points and Guildford are, are the, the, the better drilled out of the two the two newest uh, teams in the league. Yep. Fife travelled to Manchester uh, in the second of of a three game weekend for for Fife there. So, um, although given Manchester's recent form and as we we're predicting potential lack of players, uh, Fife will be confident going in that one. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised actually if they won. So I'm picking Fife for that. Yeah, I'm going with Fife as well. Although I think it will be. Closer than than people might think. Um, Finnerty does seem to get his team <laughs> yeah, that's right up for a game against Fife. So yeah, so I think it'll be a close game, but um, Fife just have that edge at the moment. Yep. Um, Sheffield are at home to Dundee. Obviously, Dundee finally managing to get that that overtime uh, win. I'm always quite quite impressed with with Dundee in terms of. You know how how close they t- they run games, even the games that they don't win. Mm-hmm. So going in there, I think they'll advance their chances. But I'm going to put Sheffield as I'm going to pick Sheffield to win that. Yeah, I'm going to go with Sheffield as well. I think they'll be slight favourites uh, in that game. Although Dundee have they've done it before, um, managed to get uh, good results doing it the um, the bigger arenas. So it's not totally impossible that that could happen but I'll, I'll take Sheffield I'm sure there's some stat about Pasha never having beaten Sheffield as a coach I don't I don't, really. I don't know if, if they've beaten them this year but it definitely was a kind of long running thing um, you know he had the time sure at Hull maybe, they, maybe that was the first time then yeah um, probably so they've broken that duck if that's the case but Sheffield for me there um, yeah. Cardiff Home to Coventry, uh, Cardiff for me, but uh, you'll be you'll be in two minds there. <laughs> you'll be wanting to back your back your Blaze boys, but can't go against your betting on Cardiff every game the rest of the season. I know, I'm sort of torn on this one. Nah, I'm, I'm going with Cardiff. Home home advantage and all that. Yep, um, big game for for us against Belfast, then. What do you make of that one? I mean, that last time we played them, we, we threw the game away with, what, two seconds to go. Uh, I'll be hoping that there's no repeat of that. But, you know, Belfast's been good recently. But I'm going to be positive. I, I think we can I think we can beat them at home. Dep- maybe it depends on how the Cardiff game goes. You know, if we get a hammer in going into that Belfast one, I, I'd probably be less confident. Aye. Um, no, I think... It- you know, it will be a hard game, and but again, though these these are the kind of games you know if we want to kick on uh, this season and get a sort of top five finish, then these are the kind of games that we need to be winning. So, with that in mind, I'm going to be optimistic and I'm going to pick Clan for the win. Good, like to hear it. Sunday, fourth November, Nottingham Cardiff. Potentially, if Nottingham had kind of continued that beginning of season run. Uh, I'd have I'd have thought that that would be a closer game, although Nottingham are still, I believe, the only team to beat Cardiff in the league. Uh, and it was at yep. Nottingham; it was that um, three sports game. So, 
Yeah, they'll take, definitely take confidence from that, but the the old classic four o'clock kickoff Nottingham game, <laughs> I think just because we're always picking Cardiff, I'll still pick Cardiff. Um, but could be quite a good one. Yeah, I agree. It could be a good a good one, depending on which Nottingham team turn up. Obviously, yeah, I'm going with my boys Cardiff. Dundee, uh, Belfast on Sunday evening. Um, I say Sunday evening, I guess four is technically still the evening, but further into the evening, Dundee, Belfast. I think Dundee beat Belfast earlier in the year at home. So they do seem to seem to quite enjoy playing against Belfast, generally at home. I think, again, hard to say because that will be Belfast's third game in three. Yeah. Just because I like Pasha, I'm going to pick Dundee either. Right, okay. I think it'll be a close game. I'm going to pick Belfast to win in overtime. Right. Watch, watch, Dun, watch Dundee go down the sort of overtime loss spiral again. <laughs> yeah, it was a flash in the pan that first that, <laughs> that victory there. Not fair enough. And finally, Coventry against Fife. Coventry obviously getting that win in Fife just at the weekend there. So um, they certainly know know that they, they can get the better of Fife. Obviously, I don't know how much of that. Do you think Danny Stewart's absolutely buzzing to play Fife? Uh, just because he spent spent so much time there, or is it kind of just not really come into it? Do you think it motivates them to, when, when they do play Fife? I think, I, think, I think what he would say is that he'd be motivated for every game, but uh, I think if, if truth be told, I think he's he will be looking forward to that game, um, especially after uh, Fife playing a, uh, a sort of bruising encounter um, on Saturday night against Manchester. They'll be, you know, they'll be having black eyes and broken limbs and all that. Yeah, and that and that will be Fife's third game in three as well. Yeah, so they'll be they'll be flagging the Fife flaggers. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I'm going. I'm going Coventry. Yeah, same. I'm the same there. Um, nice. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I guess that's the that's the hockey stuff business taken care of. There were a, a couple of big um, semi finals, football based semi finals, <laughs> uh, the weekend. Interestingly, spread across two different cities, two different stadiums. I guess yeah. that's a, a topic for another time, but um, <laughs> we had uh, Celtic playing against Hearts at Murrayfield, and then Rangers playing Aberdeen at Hamden. Having only seen the highlights, I'm imagining you watched the full, the full game on the Celtic game. Uh, what were your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I watched the full of the, the Celtic game. Um, I thought at the start it was. It felt quite like a sort of tense uh, affair. Um, I felt like you know Hearts were trying to frustrate Celtic coming forward, and um, I think they, they mainly managed to do that for for quite a lot of the first half. Um, obviously, I think uh, Naismith went down injured early on, so he had to come off. Couldn't happen to a better guy. <laughs> so I just had to get my wee my wee yep. Naismith down. Yeah, so he, he came off and. Uh, um, Ibuwe, um and then Chan both um, seemed to be carrying injuries in that first half as well. Uh, so uh, Ibuwe came off sort of during the first half and, and Chan came off at half-time. Uh, so I was thinking that's just, you know, there's, with Brown out as well, there's no one sort of in that sort of sitting midfield role. Yep. Um, so that was kind of worrying for me going forward. Uh, so I, I think I take it that was did Christie then come on aye and uh, from all accounts well obviously I've seen his goal in the highlights and stuff but from all accounts he, he impressed yeah definitely he did uh, both of them and Sinclair Sinclair came on in the first half for a buoy so no nah, I think it was it was definitely pleasing to see because I was looking at the bench before the game thinking it looks fairly weak but you know it, it was good to see that, that Sinclair um, managed managed to step up again and, and put in a really good performance and, and Christie as well um, involved in all three of the goals maybe for maybe for the wrong reasons uh, on one occasion but 
it was definitely it was it was good to see that. Yeah, I mean it was it was quite comprehensive, I think, in the end, certainly in terms of the scoreline. Uh, given Hart's recent form and stuff, I think Celtic will be pleased to just come out of that with any any kind of win, uh, and into the final. So I guess the the run, the unbeaten run of potential trophies uh, continues there. But that uh, I think it was the second goal with the the keeper completely spilled the shot. Uh, oh God! That was um, that's a disaster. <laughs> yeah. There's no other way to say it really. Um, there was just a, a bit of a disaster. I think, you know, after that, I think he made some some really good saves to, to keep the score down. But um, I think by that point, it was it was already game over kind of thing. But you know, and and then obviously, uh, Sinclair took the penalty well, and and, and Christie got a really nice finish for the third. So all in all, all in all, it was pleasing. Uh, yeah, as you say, another. Another final for us to compete. Yep, and and in that you'll play Aberdeen, who beat Rangers one 0 I think it was a bit of a Rangers connection in the goal. I think it was Derek Ferguson's son, the header from the corner. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe quite a lot of people thought that it would have been an old firm final, but um, Aberdeen again just getting that result, and I, I mean I think. Just looking ahead to that, I would put Celtic as, as strong favourites there, probably more so than, than I thought they would be against Hearts. But then Aberdeen themselves, that's uh, that's a, a a good win against Rangers, who I think maybe, I don't know what your thoughts were, but all I've seen is, is from the highlights, I think Rangers weren't really didn't really look that great in the game. No, again, I, I feel like it was pretty even. Um... I watched the first half, so it was uh, from from that point of view, it, was, it seemed pretty even. Uh, there was a couple of chances for both teams, very little separated them. So credit to, to Aberdeen for sticking in and, and managing to get the to get the winner kind of late on. I think that's good to see as well because they've been they've been struggling against big. Um, I was going to say the big teams, but certainly teams in the in the top half of the table so far this this season and. Um, probably for a bit last season as well. Yeah, they lost their last few games against Rangers, I think. So um, turning that round is good. And in the final, then you think you think you got to put Celtic as strong favourites for that. Yeah, I think so. Um, I was going to say it kind of depends on on injuries and stuff because Celtic seem to be picking up a lot of injuries just now. When is the final? It's on the second of December. No. So that's on okay. Sunday. Yeah, they do do have quite a few injuries, but um, I don't know. Obviously, Brown out for a, a couple of weeks and stuff, but I still think they should probably have enough, even if they get a couple of those guys back. So yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Um, there should be enough there. Um, this will test Hearts as well because I think they're playing Hibs on on Wednesday night um, before they they come to Celtic Park at the weekend. So um, this will test Hearts to see if they can. You know, still, so I keep that that gap at the top of the table, um, or whether they'll maybe come back to the pack a wee bit. Yeah. What What was Naismith's injury? Was it Was it something that looks as though he'll be out for out for a wee while? It could be. Um, there was no sort of challenge or, or right, sort okay. of contact. It was just sort of he just kind of went down. I think it was his knee. I think he's had problems with that, that before. Um, so I don't know if it's just sort of something to do with that again or. Um, or if it was something else, but yeah, it looked a strange one. Yeah, we'll see how they cope. I mean, it's uh, are they are they at home in the Edinburgh Derby or are they away? Oh, uh, let's have a wee quick look. They are. Uh, they are at home. At home, yeah. I suppose that helps slightly. Um, but yeah, that's they had. Uh, who was the other guy? Is it? Obviously, Berra's out injured. Ick Piazza as well. He's he's out, isn't he? Yeah, so he's maybe been out a, for a bit of light on on options up front. Uh, so yeah, as you say, a, a good a good test for them. The only other result I think that's potentially worth worth talking about from Saturday was uh, that of our good friends Partick Thistle, who've just <laughs> appointed Gary Caldwell. 
Yeah, his manager, but um, still struggling quite badly. Um, and sources around around the club say that they they wouldn't be surprised if they're in that uh, another relegation battle. Yeah, I don't know. That that would be that would be incredible to think of that. Um, but it just shows you how competitive the championship is as well. Um, obviously, Dundee United have been down there for a, a few years as well, and uh, they've been struggling uh, recently. So again, they've they've got a new manager as well. So yeah, it will certainly certainly make it interesting. Anyway, um, I was also um, <laughs> ended up at the Queen's Park game as well on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, three 0 a way to. Uh, Albion over so short trip to to Coatbridge but um, three 0 was very flattering I think was um, it oh yeah close game I I would say that or uh, or uh, Rovers were in your eyes the better team I don't know about that I think they they sort of held possession and um, tried to create a lot of chances but um, Queens Park were very good defensively um, a couple of the goals that Rovers conceded were uh, down to defensive errors so I, I don't know it was one of the, I was going to say one of the worst 3-0 games but in, in terms of you know uh, Queen's Park went overly um, the better team so I guess in that case you, you could say that that was probably fair yeah no that's uh, fair enough when was the last time you were at a Queen's game I've not been for years to be honest oof uh, yeah, it's been a while since I was I was at one as well. The big question, I guess, is will you be back? Don't know, but <laughs> maybe in the future. But um, you might go to one more game in your life. <laughs> I'm probably the same. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know. The, the game at the weekend wasn't enough to make me think. Oh, I'm you know I'm going to want to go to that every week. But yeah. But yeah. Yep. Fair enough. A quick prediction then, just in terms of the, the Premiership games midweek. We, I think, had previously mentioned the Edinburgh Derby. How do you think that's going to go? Depends who's who's going to be back for Hearts. If they're still going going to be without Naismith and I think Peter Herring's yeah, carrying an injury as well, so means that they'll be depleted even more. I'm going to pick Hibs for that one. Yeah, I think Hibs have got a good chance going into that, given even you know regardless of Hearts' start to the season. Um, Quite good to watch Hibs and stuff, so yeah, I think I think that'll be a a strong chance for them. Aberdeen Hamilton. Got to yeah. have Aberdeen, Aberdeen probably favourites, yeah. Um yeah. especially after the weekend, good win, so rolling confidence there. Uh Celtic going to Dundee, I mean that's it's probably just a case of how many. I would like to think so. You're going to tell me it's going to be close, but I'm telling you it's a case of how many. Right, okay. I'm sorry, I'm, going, I'm obviously going with Celtic, but we'll see. I, I think Brendan Rodgers will make a, a lot of changes uh, for that game, both the, the Hearts game and his sights as well at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, I guess. No, I, I think Celtic win that by, by a few. Um, Livingston St. Johnson. Well, Livingston, I guess, kind of, you could say this, almost a surprise package, how good they've yep. been. Uh, and at home, you know, they, they definitely know know how to play there. I think, I think they'll beat St. Johnson. Yeah, I think they'll beat St. Johnson as well. Although I think they're starting to turn things around a wee bit as well. Perhaps so. Um, it'll, be a, a good, it'll be a tough test for Livingston. Um, but yeah, I think, they'll, I think they'll come away with three points. Yep, and then the next one is uh, Rangers at home to Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock, just unbelievable form. Yeah, I think there was that, that stat about them being you know, near near to the top of the league, the calendar year league. Um, not that you win any trophies for that, but just a great job Steve Clark's done. Um, yeah, definitely. And I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them going to going to Ibrox maybe get a point um, although Rangers have been really strong at home uh, it's just how they how they react to that semi-final defeat I guess yeah yeah I think Rangers will win it but um, Kamalik have had that, that good run 
of late, as you say. Um, so they, you know, they could go there and take a point from that game, but I just that's more this optimist in me. I think Rangers will, will win that one. Finally, the mouth-watering clash. Uh, St Mirren against Motherwell. It's uh, uh, two teams kind of languishing near the bottom. Uh, St Mirren have lost their last five or six at least, I think, in a row. Uh, yeah. Motherwell maybe getting maybe getting a draw in there. I think seem to remember, but yeah, that that could end up being quite a quite an important game towards the end of the season. Yeah, it could be. I think as well, Motherwell seem to they seem to lift um, their game. But more often than not, when required, um, so I think this will be a big test for them. So Marin, not sure really what's going on there. Tough one to call. I'm going to. I'm going to pick Motherwell. You're going to Motherwell, right? Okay. I'll go score draw. Okay, seven all. Yeah, sure. Why not? Right. Well, I think uh, to kind of inject some comedy back into the show we should hit up some critical mode uh, attempts Aye. if you're up for it oh definitely um, this, this is the moment that um, everyone's been waiting for You know, everybody's been tuning in every episode thinking is when, that it are they just when are they going to are do they it just, are they just parking it are they getting rid yeah. of critical mode yep well it's back back with a bang today That's- Um and uh, well, I, I could toss a coin, but I don't have one, so I'll give you the choice if you want to go first or second. Uh, I'll go first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you've, I've got two options here, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna label them one and two at random. Right. Okay. So I'm gonna give you the choice of subject one or subject two. <laughs> Once uh. Once you let me know, I'll give you a shout, and then we'll whack the minute on the clock. Is one of them to be critical about making choices? Uh, it's not, although that would be good. Right. I wasn't clever okay. enough to come up with that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So one or two. I'll go. I'll go number one. Okay. So. <laughs> so the subject that you've chosen is uh, pumpkins. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> so. Uh, in five seconds from now I'll start the clock and you have a minute to be critical of pumpkins so take it away pumpkins man you see it every year at Halloween you see folk going out and they're buying pumpkins We we orange like sort of melony looking things and you're thinking why why are they even a thing uh, to start with uh, and why are they only used at Halloween? Is that just the time that they grow? Do they just sort of bloom when it comes to Halloween? And everybody's like, oh, let's just fucking... Let's just tie this into Halloween. Um, pumpkins, you know, you, you go into Starbucks and you eat your pumpkin spice lattes and all that. Fucking absolute rubbish. A heap of shite. Um, when you get them as well, you need your fucking... If you're carving them, you need to take the insides out. That just doesn't seem funny to me at all. Um, who knows? Maybe it is fun. I don't know. But just the idea of having to lift all the seeds and all that out—it's just not for me. That's <laughs> your time. Good minute. Right. So o- a, obviously not a, not a big big fan of uh, pumpkin carving. So that's good. I'll take note of that. <laughs> won't get won't get you one for your birthday or whatever. Oh well. Right. right. On to me. Have you got one? Have you got one? I've got one. Now. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. I'll I'll leave you to do the time for me. Aye, I'll do. Um. So your your topic is candles. Okay. Just let me know when you're ready, and we'll start the time. Okay. I think I'm ready. Right. Okay. So we'll wait a couple of seconds then. So your time starts now. Okay, so I'm going to put a wee bit of a twist on this and I'm going to attack fake candles. Now, I've been inspired to do this by a house just down the road. They must have about 20 fake candles in their window. Now, 
candles themselves, I, I would find it quite hard to be critical. I, I quite like this kind of ambience, the light, the the mood that a candle gives off, and that's before I even start talking about a, a nice wee scented candle. But <laughs> fake candles. My problem with fake candles is, what's the point? If you're going to get a fake candle, just get a real candle. I know you're worried about fire and uh, and just the effort of a real candle, but for fuck's sake, mate, get the, ba- <laughs> get the batteries out and get a real candle in there. Fake candles are actually designed to flicker like a real candle. Who thought that that would be worth the effort? Um, and not only that, you get these fake candles that change colour. That, to me, is just unacceptable. And if I see another colour-changing fake candle, I'm going to throw a real candle through the person's window. <laughs> uh, and I'm hoping that that's near the end of a minute. Uh, I mean, you're well over, but it was, oh, it was, it was really good. Right. It was really I good. Was so I'll let you continue. I was struggling, right, okay. See, I don't... I don't know. Scented candles sometimes are a bit too much. Do you think so? Yeah, no, they are too much, but I was just trying to get an act together for my, my critical mood. No, that's fair enough. I like that. I agree with you wholeheartedly about the, uh, the sort of fake candle scenario as well. Not, not a fan of that whatsoever. Ban fake you, candles. Just out of interest, what was the what was option two? Uh, horoscopes. Ah, oh, right. Yeah, uh, I probably picked the right one in terms of keeping it down to a minute. <laughs> well, maybe I'll save that for next week. Right, we'll just have a sort of special edition, just a, an episode dedicated to critical mode. Yeah, we can spend half an hour each talking about a subject. I know. I bet people would love that. Um, Oof. Okay. Well, on that note, I think um, we'll put the uh, bring down the curtain on episode twenty-eight. Um, well, uh, we'll blow out the candle on episode twenty-eight, or we'll. We'll flick the switch on the candle. We'll do that. Well, we definitely won't because I've got none of them. Uh, so, um, thanks for turning up. Thanks for tuning in. Um, and we will speak to you next time. Speak to you next time.